Welcome to Because We Make, the podcast about making, creativity, and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and joining me as always, my good friend and co-host, Ethan Carter. What's up, Vincent? How you doing, man? All right, welcome to Take Two. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so this is really funny because we actually managed to be smart this time, and before it became a we don't have an episode edition, we actually managed to catch the problem and come up with an alternative solution that hopefully will work. And if if you're watching this episode, which you may very well be watching this episode, but if you're watching this episode, then you know we really figured it out. (laughs) But if you're not watching it and you're just listening to it, then we figured it out, but we just didn't feel like you all needed to be looking at us. So it is Monday night. We actually... Let's get straight to it. Screw yeah. it. We're not going to try to recapture the magic that was our pre-guest conversation from before, but it was a good one. But <laughs> it was it was stellar, and y'all missed it. But we have we actually have a guest. We yes. have Christy Steinman from Twisty Twine. Jesus Christ, I got it right the first time. You did. You did. Christy Steinman from Twisted Twine Woodworking. Hi, Christy. Hi, guys. Welcome. So, it, what's really funny is the very the very first recording the first thing i asked christy is so so how would anyone know you it's like what a <laughs> dumb question it's like so now I'm you gotta redo yeah yeah and so now i get to ask a better first question so christy tell us your story a little bit so we can get to know you see better first question there you go. much that's a great question that's a great <laughs> question um yeah i am i am in missouri i'm an accountant by trade um but somehow i accidentally fell into making a couple years ago and um it has been a fantastic it's been a fantastic process but i mainly i mainly do woodworking and it's uh, a lot of it is from barnwood or other um other materials from the family farm since my family has um, a nice a nice size century farm in uh, edmond missouri so most of the projects that i do are either for for my family or for something here because um here at my house because i'm still learning what i'm doing and um it's just been it's been a very interesting enjoyable process especially meeting everybody that i have all over the country and you know even all over the world in things like our zoom group and Mm -hmm. and our discord and stuff it's a few years ago if somebody would have told me i was doing this i would have been like you're absolutely nuts. I think that's amazing. And I, I think that's, we've, we've talked about this a little, Vincent, but the, the people that you meet through the community, it's amazing. And because you meet people that you absolutely never would have, would meet uh, out right. otherwise. Right. And they're, they become, some of them become some of your closest friends. I mean, they, I truly think that some of the people that I, that I've met through Instagram and this making community are some of my closest friends now. And it's just, it's, it's amazing. Cause you're, you're right. I never would have expected that before, the, before I had the weird, you know, part, discovered this. Yeah. The weird part is when you watch YouTube, like normal people watch TV, which is us. Um, and you start <clears throat> becoming close to people you've been watching for years. And it's like, Oh wow. Um, that was somebody I used to like watch right. and kind of, I wouldn't, I don't like the term hero worship because I don't think we really look at people as heroes. But, you know, when I can shoot, you know, Jimmy posts something in his stories and I comment in his stories and he replies, it's like, oh, Jimmy replied. To <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. You know, it's, I, you still get those little butterflies, but it's just like, oh yeah, you kind of, it brings into kind of, it kind of crystallizes the idea that we are all just a bunch of people just to, 
coin a phrase, trying to figure it out. Yeah. You know, it's one. Well, and I think, I think too, part of it is that for us, the kind of big names or the, you know, famous people in our space are still very grounded in the fact that they're part of this community too. Mm-hmm. And I think right. that's a really special thing. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I hope that always remains. I don't know if it always will, but it, at least right now, and it, it totally does. They, they don't consider themselves huge you know, huge names. They they, I think they, they're uncomfortable with it. Yeah, right? they're really uncomfortable with that. Like, well, I think I, I said this to you, Vincent, uh, Johnny, when I was talking about, you know, him coming back on the episode and mm-hmm. just, you know, I, I don't know what I said, but he's like, I'm, I'm just a guy that is doing a, has a day job and is doing this as a side hustle, just like you and Vincent, you know, I'm no different than you guys. Mm-hmm. So, and I beg to differ because, but, uh, but, but no, but that's but that's the humility that comes with this community, which I really, really like. One of the recurring themes on this show is that the people that we tend to gravitate towards and identify with don't necessarily do anything related to this as a day job. And you mm-hmm. fit that mold right. quite well, Christy. Like you don't do that either. What what's your day job like, Christy? Like how much woodwork aside from the lunch break, <laughs> do you actually do at your day job? I'm an accountant. And I, uh, I realize that most everybody is going to turn <laughs> off the episode right now. <laughs> that I Talk say numbers, that right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm an accountant. I've been doing this ever, you know, graduated high school, went into college, um, got my CPA, was in public accounting for a number of years. I'm in private accounting now. And I know for a lot of folks in the maker community, their objective is to be full-time makers. But the reality of it is, I love accounting. I love right. finance. I have no intentions of leaving that, you know, the accounting world. Now, I do, and maybe that's something that actually draws me in um, to the maker community in a different angle, because I love hearing about and discussing the financial side, because a lot of people, they're doing it as a side hustle, or they're wanting to get into the point to where they can do it full time. Right. And that takes, that takes money. That takes accounting. That takes, you know, so even though nobody necessarily wants to talk about the money, it's really important. It is. Right. So, if there's no well, money. If you can't get, if you can't get your money straight, I, we actually have a guest coming on in a few weeks. Um, who's going to, she's a financial planner hmm. and she works, she's worked with artists in the past. And she said that artists are terrible with money. <laughs> right. You know, she's worked with artists that are making thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on a sale they have no idea where their money is they have no idea where they spent it they have no bookkeeping no accounting and they are actually in debt because they had to max out credit cards to fill gaps just because they didn't keep paperwork you know stuff like that and that horrifies me like that i i may not be the most organized but if i ever got to a point where i was losing money and doing this i'd probably stop doing it like of course well, yeah, I say, of course, but <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, but the, one of the other things, Chrissy, I really, I, I, that I like what you said is that you're not in it to become full time. And I think that's another important distinction because I think that we do talk about that a lot. And for a lot of us, that is the goal, but that doesn't need to be the goal. Right. right. That, and I think I, so I think there's, I'm sure there's people out there that struggle with that. They're like, does it mean that I'm not passionate about what I'm doing because I don't want to do this full time. That that's I, I would hate that if people feel that way because you're right. I think that you can do you can have a job job that you enjoy and you can have a passion 
for making and and enjoy that as well and they don't have to be oh i'm miserable at my job so i i'm making so i can, <laughs> you know but i think that i i mean i think there are probably people out there that struggle with that and i and i hate that idea because you can you you can enjoy your job and be a maker you don't need to need to do this full time and i think also um i think it's good to see different people in the community from these different angles cuz mm-hmm. i don't sell anything that i make Um, I'm making things like I said, either for myself or my kids or my family or as a gift or something. And I think that that's important for other people as they're starting out to realize that we are a full spectrum community. It could be any number of combinations of, of, of type of individuals, stations in life, um, objectives, you know, it's just, it's just a wide, it's just a wide berth, a wide variety. That is an inter- that is an interesting point. That is an interesting point because sometimes I have to, you know, you see it happens with me on the Zoom a lot and uh, it's just it's not my fault. It's just the way I'm wired where I jump in, you know, for me it's like okay. Business. I'm not necessarily talking about the money, but yeah. I do tend to look at it as a business. I always yep. look at it as a business. Always. And I know some people like that, some people don't, and I I understand just it's just the way I'm wired. But I'm, I'm, I have to really rein it in sometimes. So I'm like, yes, some people are just doing this because they like it. I do it mainly because I like it, even though I see it as a business. But yeah, that's a really important mm-hmm. distinction that not, and I think I wrote about this on my blog a while ago when I had a blog, but sometimes you can keep it as a side hustle. You know, you can just like to do something and enjoy right. doing it. It doesn't have to be, you, you don't have to turn your side hustle into something if that's not your goal. Well, and I, I mean, I, I've talked about this before too. I, I, I struggle that a little bit because I do sell some, right. Mm -hmm. I, um, but I also really enjoy the content part of it. Mm -hmm. And so that's a balance because even this past weekend, I, the things that I was making to sell took time away from the video that I wanted to make. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I am, I'm the kind of person that it's not going to delay you know, delivering up something I promised or someone that something that someone bought, right? That's I'm going to prioritize that because I promised something to someone, especially if they paid me for it, right? Um, so, but but that's a it's a tug of war for me sometimes because I, I want to just be creating, and I've and I also have a side where I'm selling, and and I you know I like making money, right? But <laughs> but but it is a is a balancing act for me a lot of the time. And I, I find myself getting caught in between sometimes. I don't know. Do you, do you see yourself Christy at some point? Like, do you see maybe you make that one thing where everybody's like, can you make that for me? Like, do you see that happening for you ever? Or do you, is it just not are you, right. my point? My, uh, the question, <clears throat> my round, this is my roundabout way of saying, is it a matter of I'm making stuff that I like now and nobody's really asked me to do this or is it, if somebody, you know, is it, if somebody asks me to do this and the money is right, I'll do it. Or is it just, it's just not something that you want to do. I don't, I don't want yeah, there's to no sell. wrong. Yeah, right. Sorry. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I don't want to sell the items that I make because okay. I, I, I get asked that mm-hmm. or messaged um, because I, I want it to be my escape and not a pressure. I love that. Yeah, me too. You know, I, I want to be able to, of course, now, like if I've got like someone's gift coming up or a family member um, ask for something, I do, uh, I do those kind of, of things, but 
the objective is not to make money. It's right. to share the material that I have because it is so important to me and it's so important to them. And so for them to enjoy it and for me to learn, you know, in this process, especially like the purse that I made last that I finished last week, I've already Love had that. people asking me about that. And as much as I thoroughly enjoyed making that purse, you don't I want to make it again. No intentions. <laughs> I have no intentions of making more yes. of those to sell. Well, that and that's the funny thing, right? So yeah, that's exactly like I've enjoyed making some things, and some things I've made. I'm like, I don't want to make that again. And oh yeah. Like I have um, I have a checkerboard cutting board that I have to get finished. And really the only thing stop, it's not a, a want to do it limitation. It's a physical tool limitation that I'm trying to work around, figuring out a good way around it. But yeah, it's there. After I made the first one, I was like, I really don't want to make another one of these. Like yep. the, the, the pressure when you're doing a checkerboard cutting board is intense. Like oh, it's yeah. intense. Like you, you, you slide this off one <laughs> millimeter and the whole pattern is screwed and you just know. And I, under, I totally understand. Like if I was, that purse. So for those of you that don't know, Christy made an amazing purse. Amazing uh, stitching, by the way, on the yeah, handle. Very uh, nice. Love, I was really I even, impressed. That what was did amazing. I say? What did I say? I said, what did I say was my favorite part of your of the whole purse? I said it was the handle, the, the yes. strap. Mm-hmm. I love the way you did the strap. It was, oh, it was beautiful. beautiful. Thank you. Beautiful. By the way, is there a video coming for that? Or There is. You... That's my next one. I'm finishing. Tonight I'm finishing. I'm really behind in my videos. Um, but tonight I hopefully will be finishing the video for the, the rose, the multicolor, the multi wood grain. Oh yeah. Um, wait, 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 wait. You never made a video on that. I I never finished and posted a video on that. I know I'm behind. That's what I'm saying. I know. I I swear. I feel like that was the first project you were working on when I met you. And actually it might've been because I probably was, I met you like March ish. Yes. Uh Yeah. Holy crap. That was the first project you were working on. Wow, yeah. I just thought there was a video out there. I didn't even realize because it's hanging. It's above the lamp that you made for the Enlightenment Challenge. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't. I, I, ha- I just hadn't <laughs> finished that video yet. So I had some kind of stacked up. And, and <clears throat> then, you know, one thing leads to another. And I get frustrated with aspects of it. And, and then I'm like, and then I want to make. I mean, that's mm-hmm, the other right. thing, too. As much as I am enjoying the video um, production yeah. part, which is I've never done anything like that. I mean, you guys have discovered this evening how technologically <laughs> I am. That's It's not my thing. Um, so I have leaned heavily on other makers to, to help me and to guide me and show me what I'm doing because this is not, you know, this is not my area at all. But I have enjoyed it a lot. Right. And it's taken, I know we've talked in the Discord, um, you know, that comfort level of being on camera. Mm -hmm. Because that's the other thing, too, you know, is just getting used to hearing your own voice saying, explaining something so that it makes sense to them as well as you and not be too wordy and blah, 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 blah. So um, it's hard. (laughs) Yeah, it's a it is a peculiar balance. Yes. There's a weird, there's a weird thing that happens. There's a weird thing that happens when you're trying to explain something that you understand really well. You omit a lot when you explain it yeah. to other people. And thankfully, I get kept in check by my wife, like mm-hmm. constantly. Like she will not allow me to just go, yeah, I'm just going to do blah, blah, blah. Okay, I need you to draw that. And it's like, well, I'm thinking like, this is clear as day. Why do you need right. me to draw it? And it's like, no, because you're explaining what's in your head 
the way you understand it already. And that's a whole different ball game. It's, it's weird when you get around a bunch of people, even in the same field, like even in the discord, there are times where we'll have, we'll be having a conversation and I'm like, I don't understand why you guys don't get this. And it's like, because you're explaining what's in your head at right. about 50% of what is needed to, be, to interpret it in someone else's head. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, that's a good point. You know what? And I found that, um, that's actually a really good thing for the voiceover for me is because I'm watching, I'm watching my own video of me doing something and, and trying to explain it and put it into words actually makes me not, hopefully not jump over things as much to your point, Vincent. Cause I, cause I would, if I was, if I was doing it live, like, I think that would be a challenge for me if I was doing, you know, uh, doing explaining it live as I filmed it, I think I would skip over things a lot more. But as if I'm doing the voiceover and watching it, I like catch myself saying, "All right, well, you need to explain what you're doing there, right?" Well, we just had this. I mean, Ethan and I were talking about jump rings. Oh yeah, right. I talked about when totally. he was making the keychains for the Enlightenment mm-hmm. Challenge. I was having a stroke watching him close the jump right. rings. Like it was just, I couldn't handle it. It was, it was literally. And uh, the next episode when we record, I'm like, dude. Listen, I'm not telling, I'm not being that guy, like the but. unsolicited <laughs> advice guy. However, there are much easier ways to do what you're trying to do here. And yeah. I'm like, just, and this is where it comes into what we were talking about. I was right. like, just grab this side, grab this side, go like this. And he's like, yeah, I kind of get it. I'm like, all right, I'll make a video. And it, it, it clicked while I was making the video. Like, yeah, you know what? my explanation fell way short. <laughs> like it's well, just not enough and, information to act on. And I finished the last two keychains went out as I was telling you, Vince, before we started recording, the last two keychains went out uh, today mm-hmm. and the last two ones I used your process and it, mm-hmm. it was great. And it now it's got, fantastic. And now it's got me thinking like, okay, I need to rethink some of these things. Cause one of the things that a certain person mm-hmm. who I mentioned mm-hmm. in every episode always says is you have some skill that you can teach other people. You just have to, it's not a matter of if you have a skill, it's a matter of what skill is it? Right. And it's like, Oh, maybe my skill is all the stuff that I do on a regular basis that I don't even think about that I'm on autopilot with. And it's like, maybe that's what I need to be teaching other people. And I feel like once you people who want to do content creation, figure that out, that's when they really start the right. content creation becomes a passion because you're like, oh, I could show a lot of stuff. Like, you know, Christy, when you, you're doing the stitching for that handle, like it was beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Just really clean. The, the the whole process of that of that bag. Like I saw the parts. I was like, oh, I know what you're doing. And I wanted to make a very similar bag. <clears throat> and I was very excited to see you making one because I wanted to know the problems you were going to have before I attempted to make it. Right. And well, it- it's just, it was great. It was just, it's great to watch someone go through the process, like almost with like a, a swagger. Yeah. You no, know, well, like well, the only thing I, I just, I'd add is that we, and we, we forget what we've learned, right? We, yes. we, we get to the point where it is second nature for us, or we've done it enough times and we don't know that we've gotten to that point. Yeah, and that's right. a really hard thing. Like you have to kind of step back and say, like, what am I doing? You know, what am I doing yeah. in these processes? Because it becomes second nature. So it's a really hard thing to get yourself out of that realm of just to your point, Vincent, of just do this. Mm-hmm. Well, there's like 20, there's 20 steps in do this, <laughs> right? There's 20 yeah. steps in that, <clears throat> which have now become second nature, but it's, it, so it's, it's a hard thing to, to do sometimes, but yeah. 
One of and the when I oh sorry no go ahead um like for my videos when I when I decided to go ahead and post videos like a few of the projects that I've made are for my nieces and nephews and they're you know they're young they're little and um so I wanted to be able to I wanted to be able to record the process they live about three hours away from me so it's not like they can just come over to Aunt Christie's shop and watch me make something right. Um, so that was, that was my, that was my, you know, meaning my, or my, um, drive to start recording those videos. And my dad, who I'm sure never watched YouTube ever, (laughs) ever, ever. Um, the first YouTube video he ever watched was me making the lamp. Wow! So I was super tickled about that because the whole story behind that lamp is last fall. He, you know, we're sitting at the kitchen table at mom and dad's. And he brings in me this awkward looking piece of cedar. And he's like, yeah, it's got some character. See what you could do with it. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, Which was challenge accepted. Right? <laughs> yeah, that was a whole, that was like a whole nother level of him acknowledging <clears throat> that he sees what I'm doing now too. Yeah. That's that I'm awesome. actually making things from there. And, you know, so it, it was very, um, it was just really cool for for him to bring me that and and that was one of the things that we talked about in our first take was that you make a lot of things related to your family and um and from the farm you talked about the farm a little bit on on this one but talk a little bit about that because i think that's a like to me i didn't really know that and i think i think that's a really sweet and like beautiful thing i like i that really is i don't know it's a really beautiful part of of your making that I think. I think people yeah so yeah well yeah because my um my family has a farm in uh, central Missouri that's been it's a century <clears throat> farm so it's been in our family for well over 100 years now and my dad was literally born in the house that he um that he still lives in at 76 years old um and so you know, it's got a great history. It's got a great connection where I grew up and and there's six of us kids in the family and we still gather there often and sit around the kitchen table. And that, you know, that's a huge part of all of our lives. Um, but the other connection is the fact that since he grew up on the farm, he remembers when he was a kid um, cutting down trees and they would take him to the mill, bring him back and then build barns and sheds and you know whatever with with that lumber right so now that the lumber is the boards are coming off of the barn because they've been up there for decades um so that's kind of what got me started with that very first side table is because i'm like you know let's take that one yeah yeah, those pieces of 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 those boards have been it's got a a deep connection to my family history. So I'm like, I feel like I need to do something with that rather than just, you know, put it in the wood pile or whatever. Right. <laughs> I love that. No, I think that's, I think that's a really beautiful thing. And it's true though. Um, I'm trying to think of the, I'm blanking. Hold on. Let me search real quick. Um, but the lakeside, um, lakeside woodworkers that, uh, that Bruce is, um, Bruce and a bunch of those and uh, we built a things guys. Um, but I met them at WorkbenchCon. But they, one of their big things is that building tables, uh, like kitchen tables or dining room tables, is such a important thing for families because it's something that that they share so many memories around. So when they can build a table 
from a piece of wood that's on the family property that then gets shared with every meal that they um, that they have together. Like there's some kind of connection there that's just a really beautiful thing. So I think that's really cool. And I so yeah, I think that's really really cool, Christy. I I liken what you do. Do you have you guys ever watched Cody Wrangler Star? Um, mm-hmm. So you you should probably. I mean, he's to be What's honest, it, Co- Cody. He, what his um, the channel's called Wrangler Star. Wrangler um, Star. He's a homesteader out west, and he one of the crazy things that he'll do is like every once in a while he'll do a video where he just you know he'll sit there and he'll file like the jaws of a vice. And while he's filing the jaw of the vice, he'll tell the entire story of, of that vice. vice. Like ah, his grandfather cool. had it on his workbench. It was there for like 75 years. And his grandfather used to do this. And he used to go there when he was a little kid. And sometimes he would put a piece of wood in the vice and play with it. Like that's the kind of story that he would tell. And I, I don't know. I kind of, I've always kind of associated Christy. I've associated you with him in the way that you tie a story to every single piece in one way or another, you know, whether yeah. it's, the, you know, the lamp was that piece of wood or the table, you know, the, the end table that you made was, was made from barn wood. And, you know, the, the experiences that you had with, I think it was with your, your nieces or your daughters when you were power carving with them. Yeah. My youngest. Um, yeah. She, uh, and I don't even remember how we started up the conversation, but she, oh, she was just kind of wanting a catch-all bowl because she was, mm-hmm. they were moving into an apartment, her and her friends in college. And I was like, well, if you want, you know, I can show you how to power carve because one of the things that really got me involved in making to the, I guess the next level or whatever you want to call it was a little over a year ago when I went to Jimmy Duresta's Obey the Grain class oh, out at cool. his farm, which that, I could talk forever on that (laughs) because that was, that was, that was a fantastic introduction into the community, into the maker community. And um, so they, and I had never even used an angle grinder at all. And that weekend we were power carving and I'm like, dear God, what did I get myself into? But (laughs) they did, they did such a fantastic, they did such a fantastic job of teaching us. So anyway, I, um, I have those tools here now. And so I showed my daughter, you know, put all the, you know, protective stuff on and, and the jaw horse to clamp the walnut piece in and, and, um, and show her how to do it. And, you know, it's not her something that she's going to, at this point in time, be doing more of, but she really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And that piece of walnut that she used is from the same tree that I made the um, lazy Susan for my mom, and that was another one, right. and also the purse, the side pieces that are walnut. That's from all that. from the same tree. See, that's which amazing. is, and that tree. There's right. just a story, of course. That tree is up on the hill, up past my parents' the house, toward my sister Emily's deer stand, where she hunts up there, and we just happened to run across um, that tree it was down. And so I asked my dad about it last fall and he's like, he's like, well, it was, it was dying. So I had to go ahead and, and cut it down. And then, so we went and just like salvaged some pieces out of it. And so I put them in, you know, in my shed and they've been drying since last fall and stuff like that. Cause for him, walnut is something you wouldn't use for, um, to burn in the fireplace. Right. So, you know, the scraps of walnut, get left, you know, if, if he happens to sell a walnut log, 
but the scraps are what I want because right. that's got the crotches and the elbows and the angles <clears throat> and all the amazing pieces. So, so that connection of that specific tree has been in three projects already. And I still have quite a few pieces from it. Well, and, and what she brought, so did she bring it with her to college? You said? Yes. So it is in their apartment um, where they all throw their keys and that's, you know, that's a centerpiece for them. That's, that's the difference between a piece that you get at pier one and, and something that you like that there's a, there's substance and meaning behind that now. And even though they use it the same way, it means something different. And I think that's so cool. Yeah, what, she was what, pretty proud of it too. Right, right. Yeah. What I love, what I love about all this, and you know, I've not had the privilege in my family history, with maybe the except- exception of my aunt and uncle who had a farm in West Virginia, of anything in my <clears throat> family being like heirloom. Mm-hmm. right so it's it's like hearing stories like you and it's just like that's just a hole that i can't i'll never fill that hole like there's nothing you can't start a hundred years of history <laughs> at age 44 like it's just like i just don't have that you know and it's 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 amazing that your family history is going to be you know the barn comes down but then there's going to be pieces of the barn in so many of the heirlooms that you've made right. for your family going forward like it's just and you know yeah i, I would before I met you, I would just go, all right, it's a barn. There's probably some good wood in there, but you know, whatever. I'm make make a couple of whatever out of it. But your mindset is like, I want to, you set out to make heirlooms, which is right. just, mm-hmm. I don't even have, I'll be honest with you. I don't even have any heirlooms. Like I don't have anything from my family. And I'm just, it's making me realize like, wow, there is some real weight to what you're doing. Like right. there's some, you know, to borrow the term, some gravitas to someone setting out to create something that's going to be not just kept by or loved by one person or a gift to one person, but something that you'll pass along, something that, you know, your grandkids, your great-grandkids, your great-great-grandkids might go, oh, yeah, I remember that bowl. Even if it is just a catch-all bowl, you know, right. it's like, I remember when I made that with mom and, you know, this mm-hmm. and you'll come around, come sit down. Let me tell you the time grandma taught me how to power carve, you know, it's like, First of all, the fact that grandma, not grandpa taught, that's pretty freaking awesome to begin with. Yeah. Like, I like that. But, you know, the whole, there's a story there. That bowl is not just a bowl. It's a bowl that was the Has first meaning. time I power carved that my grandma taught me how to make. And it's like, wow, this is. Well, it, it, the other thing, too, is I think it also goes to show that it takes, well, it takes it takes two parties sometimes, but it takes someone a, realizing that these things are important to start that. And, and to your point, Vincent, I mean, it, it, you know, someone needed to start that for you, right? Like someone, like someone had to appreciate the fact that this is something that I want to pass down or, or I, that there's, there's substance or value in this barn wood to make it into something else because someone in generations to come will appreciate it. And it takes someone to, to champion that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that um, not necessarily with the woodworking, but I think that sentiment comes through from um, both of my grandmas in particular who quilted. So Mm, hand quilting was, was huge for, for my grandmas, particularly on my mom's side. And so when, um, when my oldest, I, when I had my oldest uh, daughter, she was the first grandchild on my side of the family. 
And so my grandmother's, my grandma on my dad's side had done appliques on a baby quilt. And then my grandma on my mom's side put it together into a quilt. So my daughter has a quilt that both of her great grandmothers collectively made. And so, I mean, there's just endless stories of, of four generation quilt making like the quilt that's in, um, on my bed right now, the rose quilt that's on my bed. There's three generations with that. My oldest daughter's quilt that's on her bed now, she made, I made, my mom made, and my and my grandma. So her great grandma actually did the final stitching on that. It's amazing. So it's a four generation quilt there. So I, I think the I, history I, is through that. I, I think the other thing too, though, is we think about history from where we where 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 we're sitting, right? We think about four generations back. I think it's like I think this is an important takeaway that if you don't have that, like it has to start sometime, mm-hmm. right? So start like if you're it. part of this maker community and you value those things, start it and you don't have that history, start it now. Be right. the person that starts that 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 generational, you know, heritage. I, I think that you know, we think about everything as it has to be old to be able to be passed down. It doesn't. You can make something today that's really important that four generations from now, that person will appreciate it. I think that's really like, we should all think about that. I, I, I don't think I've thought about that until right now. Like that's important. You know, we, we do. I, I kind of envy people in the middle of the country <laughs> and I always feel like I'm in the wrong part of the country. I've said this a million times. I hate New York. <laughs> like I deeply hate New York. I hate living here. I hate, I hate the Northeast almost like I, I don't belong here. I, I've, I felt probably for about the last 20 years that I either belonged like in the Midwest or out West. Like I, mm-hmm. I just don't, be- I'm not in the right place where I need to be in my life. And one of the things that I'm, I felt like when I would go, when I would visit my family in West Virginia, I just felt this like deep connection that they had to the house they lived in, to the land they lived on, to the town they lived in, to the people that lived there. There were these deep connections and the connections were there because there were generations and generations of people that stayed in the same place, lived in the same house, connected to the same people. There was, there's a joke. There's a joke. Well, there was anyway, in the town that my grandmother lived in, in a small town called Gassaway. I think there's 1700 people in the town that she, she lived in. And the town was super, super small. And at one point the joke was that my uncle couldn't date in the town. (laughs) And the reason he couldn't date in the town is because everybody was either a case, which is my family or a Jarvis, which was the other family. That's it. There were two families. So everyone grew up together. They knew each other. You know, you go back generations and generations, they were all connected to it. And I mean, I don't know anything like that in the Northeast. It's not Mm -hmm. normal for this part of the country, for someone to put down roots raise their family here, then they raise their family here. Like they generally stay in the same area, but there's no connection to houses. I've lived in so many different places. Probably one of the reasons I don't have any heirlooms is because I've lived in 50 million different freaking places. You know, there's no one in my family that's lived in the same place for more than 20 years. It just Mm -hmm. doesn't happen. And I'm starting to see, and you know, Christie's kind of, I don't want to say shaming, but she's kind of waking me up to the fact that (laughs) 
life is a lot different in other parts of the country where, you know, you guys have this heritage because you stayed put, you know, you, you, you valued the land you were on and the town you were in and the people you were neighbors to. And we don't, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> like we just, we don't, which is why that barn wood carries meaning for you. Right. And why until someone like you comes along, somebody like me, or maybe somebody like Ethan, we don't really feel the impact of what the meaning behind those things are because we just, we don't experience it. Well, I, I think the other thing too, is that things there in the past, people made things that, it, you you didn't get you didn't go to IKEA and get an end table right like so your carpenter uncle handcrafted this thing and that was going to be like you're not going to throw that out just because you move right you're going to pass that out you know you're going to pass it down and everything like that so there's a little bit of that as well I think mm -hmm. that it's just part of our throwaway culture that's is, exactly what it, you just yeah. that's that's what I was that's the term that I took ten minutes to seek. It's throwaway <laughs> culture. Yeah. It's true. I watched a video from Dad It Yourself DIY over the mm -hmm. weekend, right? And he took six Ryobi tools or five Ryobi tools that had died. And he fixed every one of them. And I, I was like, wow, this is really cool. And I remember at one point, I even said it out loud. I was like, yeah, that sander's like $40. <laughs> right? Yeah. I actually said it. I was like, that sander's like $40. Why would you, why would you fix that? Then I'm like, because you don't want to waste it. That's why. Because yeah. you can fix it. Like for, for maybe $10 and 20 minutes of time, you could fix it. Well, why not? Can, but I can't, but <laughs> I can't either. But like, why no, wouldn't I, you? Yeah, exactly. You know, right. it's, and, and you, st I real, I'm starting to realize I'm not, I, you know, I always joke in discord about how I'm like a crunchy hippie, like kind of a crunchy hippie, but not crun really crunchy, like just crispy, <laughs> you know? And it's like, I'm starting to feel like, wow, we waste a lot. Oh, we definitely like do. we waste yeah. a lot. Mm -hmm. It's shocking. I, you know, even watching um, brothers make this weekend, they made spoons and I'm like, these spoons are freaking awful. Like every one of them was crap. They made three spoons. They were all crap, but I got it. You know, those were, those were bottle caps that were not going to end up back in the waste stream. So right. even though the spoons they made weren't great, they're not going to get thrown away. You know, right. and it's like, wow, okay, yeah. Well, maybe. so I got a question. So, Christy, uh, me and Vincent have talked about sandpaper. <laughs> and are you the person that uses sandpaper until it's dead? Like, I'm talking really, really dead. Or do you throw it out one, it, one or two uses? Now, I will, like, when I get done using it for what I think I'm going to use it for, then I'll set it aside and I will reuse it again. Because sometimes sandpaper, you're using more of the outside, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of inside left to go. <laughs> so I very it, it, seldom throw sandpaper out until it's, like, caked up. Now. It's still yeah. funny, though. I'm 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 joking because uh, Vincent, we, we, we talked about this and Vincent throws it out and I don't, but... I actually, I totally agree though that like to your point, Chrissy, there like there's pieces of it that are worth saving and there are pieces that, that are not worth saving. Mm. And, and I, and, and, and I use sandpaper 
like where to the point where I'm using it and it's not doing its job. And that's stupid. It went from sandpaper to paper. <laughs> exactly. And that, and that is really, really dumb. And I'm working twice as hard or four times as hard. And so I know that I'm in the wrong in that. So. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. And you're a son of a bitch. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> ever since we had that conversation, I have been so self-conscious about throwing away sandpaper. So now I'm at the point where like the only time I throw something away is like if I wet sand something. Yeah. Or like, right. so every once in a while, every once in a while, I don't like a finish and I'll take some 220 and I'll go over the finish with some 220 and then redo the finish, you know, just to lightly right. smooth it to put another coat on then the sandpaper. But now like you go down to my workshop right now, there are four sanding discs that have clearly been used for a while and I don't do it anymore. And it's your fault. It's my I fault. used to be so efficient and now it takes me four times as long to sand anything because Ethan shamed me into keeping my sanding discs for way uh, too long. <laughs> no. And it, listen, I, I completely agree because there's so, I have so much sandpaper that is garbage so it is there i am i am also very much in the wrong on this yeah so. it's it's i think it's i think it's, it's a an balance affliction. it's it's yeah. an affliction for all of us i mean yeah you don't you know we are becoming almost comically aware of how much waste we produce now mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to the point where it's like when i use a rag it's like do you can i get in a little more use out it's like more no. like <laughs> rub, like rubber gloves now for me because oh my god dude I I Michael Jackson doing some coasters today because I didn't want to waste. <laughs> Wait, is that gloves. a term? I love this. I love that term. <laughs> it's I, a term Michael now. Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to use two gloves. I really, really didn't want to use two gloves, and it was the greatest, greatest experience ever because I had one really clean hand and then one covered. And by the <laughs> way, Christy, you can relate because you use it. I was covered in simple finish, oh, and yeah. I don't know anyone that hasn't used simple finish realizes. First of all, it stinks. I don't care. No VOCs, whatever. It smells horrific, but it doesn't come off your hands for nothing. Oh, really? like, you have to deeply wash your hands to get it <laughs> off. It's so annoying. That purple um, dye that we use for the keychains, I got it. Some of oh, that. Yeah. I got it on my hands from taking off my gloves. And I used I took off my gloves the correct way, as <laughs> you told me, Vincent, is you Grab know, the wrist. I don't know and how then... I got it on my hands. It was on there for two days, like straight. Like, and yeah. you'll see it probably in some of the videos. Well, the leather dye is meant to dye hide. So, I mean, oh, skin's we're pretty made of leather. Yeah, exactly. exactly. We, are, we are just walking leather jackets. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk more to Christy, and we're going to hit the video of the week. We're going to hit the thing of the week. Well, things of the week, and then we'll get up on out of here. So, we will be right back. If your home is feeling a little bit drab and uninspired, maybe it just needs a touch of art. Creative Ward Gallery is run by friend of the show, Marion Ward, who does Bob Ross-inspired landscapes in acrylic and oil, and will even do custom commissions to suit your mood or decor. Check her out at Instagram.com slash Creative Ward Gallery. And if you mention you heard about her on Because We Make, she'll ship your piece for free in the United States. What are you waiting for? Dress up your home today. The name that I mangled 52 times, it's hard to say, it's hard to say Christy Steinman of Twisted Twine. See, I almost did it wrong again. It, it really takes a second. And you're a pro. And oh, a pro. yeah. And I'm really showing off my pro, my pro <laughs> photo meetings here. But where did, where did that name come from? Uh, well, it kind of. Like everything else that I do, it, it, of course, comes back to the farm and um, and my dad in particular, because he is notorious for using Baylor twine 
for anything and everything around the farm. He'll be the first to say that he is not a builder. He is not a construction guy. He, he is a fantastic farmer, but he is not a builder. And so if he needs something built, he'll outsource it, have somebody else build it. But other than that, Baylor twine is used to mend fences, tie gates, tie things together, use as a belt, make a marker. <laughs> I mean, literally, it's the big it's a big joke around the farm. It, it, you'll find Baylor twine anywhere. Wait a minute. Is that is jute twine? It's the same thing? <clears throat> uh not quite the same thing, but okay. kind of similar. Yeah. Because I, I was just realizing like I just looked up Baylor twine and every result was like jute twine. I'm like, oh is this is it the same thing or well and because it was it's what we used making square bales. Um okay. you know as we were baling hay back you know, in the day when we would make, we would bale square bales. And so you, you know, when you're feeding, um, when you're feeding the cattle, the, you know, the hay, you're pulling the lines off, you're pulling the, the, the twine off and you stick it in your pocket or you keep it in the truck or whatever. So you can use it anywhere. It's really farmers, um, duct tape. Ah, that's a, I think that's a fantastic analogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's perfect. Yeah. So, wow. so for me, the farm twisted twine, you see it everywhere. I mean, he ties it to, you know, just so he's got it handy for whatever he needs wherever. <laughs> so that's kind of, that's kind of um, where we came up with the twisted twine. Well, it has twine. a nice, uh, what's it called? Uh, twisted twine. That's nice alliteration. Yeah, alliteration, yeah, alliteration right. Well, a twisted twine, Christy Steinman. There is kind of there a, is absolutely a, a rhythm to it. Like I almost, I've been in my head since we since we decided you were coming on. I'm trying to come up with puns that are like <laughs> Chris Twisted Christy or you know Christy Twine, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't really work because it's all kind of dumb. But I like, I do like the 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 wordplay, like it yeah. almost sounds like the same thing said twice. Like it really, really works. So. It does yeah. work. And when Brett was helping me with my um, logo, we were talking through what, what we wanted the logo to look like. And, you know, I'm like, I like red and we need to, you know, incorporate the twine. And he came up with the idea of, you know, the W or at least the two boards twisted with twine. And then um, the red for, the two pieces of wood, which actually was kind of a coincidence when we were kids, when we would, um, there was some red uh, rails for on the pickup truck. So when we would haul animals off to the market, they were, they were painted a bright red. So when he had made that adjustment on the logo and sent it back to me, I was like, that is, that is <laughs> it. I mean, that's the perfect combination. So I, I'm, I may have completely missed this, but who, who worked who did you work on uh, with your Brett Mc, uh, McAfee from uh, Skull and Spade 13. Oh, Skull and Spade. Oh, Brett. Yeah. No way. I didn't yeah. know you guys worked. At... That's yeah. Awesome. Well, he, I, I met him at Jimmy's um, a year oh, ago. He's awesome. When, he's one of oh my, my gosh. Oh, he's he's a... so fantastic. Yes. Yeah. He, he's, so, and mm. he's from, he's from um, Kansas city area, which is just a couple oh. hours from where I'm at. And so we met at Jimmy's initially and, um, and then last fall, Makers Camp, and then through, you know, just over time, touch and base back and forth yeah. and, and keeping in touch. And I haven't then, met him. He seems like a super nice guy, though. He is. He yeah. really, yeah. really is. And so he helped me. Um, he helped me with the logo and, and getting that because he's super talented. I mean, he's, well, he's such an under-the-radar under person yes. in this community. Mm -hmm. And 
like in the content creation and stuff like that. He is so super talented. He's everyone that everyone I know loves him and mm-hmm. and thinks the world of him and and his work is impeccable. But he he doesn't care that much about being big. I don't. Maybe that's right, he's wrong. He's just kind of a easy under the radar, under mm-hmm. the radar kind of guy. And I and I respect that a lot. I think that's really yeah. awesome. So yeah, cool. That's yeah. awesome. So he it is hard. It is hard to resist like the temptation to push hard to grow. I know. It it is really hard. Like it's hard to it's hard to you know we always we we always joke like I think we talked about it last week. You know, you it's okay to be aware of your numbers, but it's probably not a good idea to spend your life chasing right. your numbers. Yep. And it's so. Oh, it is so tempting to chase numbers. Like it is so tempting. Well, it's yeah, and we all do it. I see it's people. I see people, you know, growing on Instagram a lot faster than me in some cases. Mm-hmm. But I see their numbers have wild swings. Mm-hmm. Like they'll drop 50, 60 followers and then pick up, you know, twenty, and then it's like I kind of lose two and then pick up six, you know. And my numbers aren't terrific, but I feel like. I don't know. Maybe the fact that I'm not really chasing numbers is helping. You know, I, I know I, well, it, it's definitely helping for quality followers. I'll hundred yeah. percent say that. And yeah, yeah. there well, are I, some people, who can, there are some people who can make that work by the way. You know, oh, yeah. I, we talked about Marion. Marion's a, Marion's a good example. Marion mm-hmm. is her follower numbers are just like mm-hmm. through the ceiling and she's building, a, she's building a huge audience. Exactly. And yeah, I, I think, or go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say it's working for her, but I don't see it working for a lot of people. Like I see, like you know, they'll pick up a whole bunch, but then they'll lose a whole bunch. It's like, yeah, you you you're basically doing the um, empty calorie version of followers. You know, right. it's like you chase them, <laughs> you got them, and they were like, oh no, why did I follow this guy? Click goodbye. You know, you don't you're not picking up people that are actually interested in what you're doing when you're just bulk following and bulk unfollowing and. Yeah, well, I think play. too, it's about keeping authentic to what your yeah. what your objective is and what your style is and what your personality is. Because like Brett, for example, he's got in his YouTube videos, he's got a very um I I appreciate it so much because he's got the video uh experience in his former life as well as just the whole aspect of it. And he has a flow of his videos. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, other folks, um, like of course Paul Jackman, who's got a, a very much a you know with the palette wood so they stay true to their right you know to their to themselves and to what their objective is and, and those and are it's some not, of my favorites and it's not selling out to that genre either i think right. that's a, something that's it's it's embracing that genre or that material or that medium and doubling down on it Mm-hmm. and 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 using it i think that's something that that they do really well like mm-hmm. paul jackman doesn't make just doesn't make a ton of things out of pallet wood he doesn't make a, a million coffee tables out of pallet wood he takes pallet wood and makes it into incredible artistic Art. sculptural pieces and that's his thing but there is a through line because of that because he's using the the through line is the pallet wood right so he can make very very different things but they're all using pallet wood and that's the through line that allows him to connect those pieces together. I think that that's makes what makes, I think that's what makes Christy, you know, we'll talk about you like you're not here. Don't worry about it. <laughs> this, is what, this is what makes yeah. Christy, no, no, you're this right. is what makes yeah. Christy interesting yeah. to me because I, I, yep. like, 
my motivation, my motivation is the business is obviously not the primary motivation because I do a lot of things that don't make me a dime. Right. But I do do things with the, with the thought of, okay, I could develop this into a product I can sell. Right. Ethan, you kind of straddle the line. Christy, you are just like, I'm not there to sell. Right. And right. does it ever get, does it ever get tempting? Like this is kind of where I'm going with it. Cause when you're, it depends, I know it depends on what your motivation is. Right. So for someone like me, it's always tempting. Like if I, I hate to say it, but I'm almost a bit of a whore where if I see something that could, I can get good at making and make a few bucks making it. I actually get the pleasure for me comes in growing a business and almost becoming like my own little mini empire. Like I like that, 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 right. that motivates me. Yeah. That excites me. You know, whereas someone like Ethan is more about the artistic expression. And for you, it's more about the family connection and making heirlooms. Is it just a matter of, if you have the motivation, it can get you to go that way. Or is it just, I just don't want to do that. And that's it. And I will never do that. Like, is there a point where you could say, Oh, you know, I could probably make these on a larger scale and start selling them. Like, do you, do you ever see that happening? Or is it just, I mean, maybe not with the stuff you're making now, but maybe you come across a product or do you just go, no, this is really just not what I want to do. And that's it. I'm come never across your exacto it. knife. Let's just put it, it that it, way. Exactly. Like, yeah, do like the exacto knife is a great example. No, it is. It is. It's a really good example because you weren't selling anything when I met you. No, I wasn't. You, you really weren't. No. And you were, you actually were selling those exacto knives way too freaking cheap when I met yep. you. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But well, and, it, and it, it, it just, because I don't like making the same thing over right. and over again. But I found, but it kind of stumbled across something that I could make over and over again that, you know, I didn't care. I didn't mind making over and over again. And it, and I could charge enough and that it made sense to me. So that brought me into the realm of selling. So now I can rephrase the question in a way that actually makes more sense. Is it that you're against it full stop and you'll never do it? Or is it that you just, haven't found the thing that made you motivated to sell or is it just your mindset is just never going to be there that's not why you do this well for me at this point in time with time being the issue as much as anything yeah. mm-hmm. i don't want to build or make things to sell because my list of things that i want to make for me and my family is way too long right and it right. is it is my priority by far right. Now, for some reason, if I were to become, you know, unemployed and I was at that, you know, crossroads, do I make because I've got time, I would have to rethink that. You would rethink it, right? Yeah. See, I, 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 I think, I think that's an on, I like that because I feel like yeah, that's, that's an, an honest, honest answer. answer. That's yeah. a really honest answer that yep. if, you know, in your, I was, we were talking about this on the zoom on Saturday. I'm very fortunate in that this doesn't have to be my primary income. It will, I will never hit a point uh, as at least for the foreseeable future. If situations and circumstances are as they are, I will never have to make this my primary income. My goal is to make it my primary income. But if I don't ever succeed at that, I'm fine. It's okay. Right. Right. But if, if if tomorrow I don't have a job anymore, well, that calculation changes drastically because now it's like I need this to work because I really feel like I'm unemployable now. 
like I'm lucky enough to work for a company that treats me kind of almost like I hate to say, it, but almost treats me like an artist where they they know I'm just a little bit, you know, out there, but they, <laughs> they give me the latitude to just be myself and it works. <clears throat> but I know that I'm getting spoiled to the point where if I go work for another company, I don't have that option. Right. So I think that you're, you're the way you just put it where, you know, if you became unemployed, you might have to rethink your position on selling. I think that's a good point. And I think that's something that I've kind of had that at the beginning of COVID, I had the same thought, you know, I thought my company was going to go out of business. We really did. We were fully convinced that we Very first we were going to, it was going to be pay cuts and then out of business. And it was like, Oh wow. I really do need to ramp this up like in a hurry. And I, it's that moment of panic where it's like, I haven't done enough to just step into this full time. And I always worry that, you know, be, I have the comfort of not needing it to be full-time. And I always wonder if that's going to hinder my ability to make it full-time one day. Like, do you cut the umbilical cord and just go full-time or? Well, there, there is definitely, I mean, there is that, there is that, that feeling of you need, you need that kind of pressure to yeah go full steam. Because but... my best sales, my best sales were when I thought I didn't have a job anymore. Right. Right. And exactly. that wasn't intentional. I didn't like, no. I wasn't no, like, no, it's a, it's a, it's a it's subconscious a, thing. It's yeah. a focus thing, right? Yeah. Your focus changes. And I love that your focus, and you can tell where well, people's focus are because your focus isn't on making, you know, 72 cutting boards in a week. Your focus is on making one maybe that's going to be passed around from generation to generation. And I, I, and I, I, love really, that. I, I, I really, I really do. respect because yeah. money is tempting money is tempting and it's in a way it's almost corrupting. Yeah. You know, I like money. I like oh, I money. Well, no, no, exactly. Who doesn't? Yeah. I mean, who doesn't? I, I always say that, right? Like I yeah. always, I always hear people say like, I don't do this job for the, yes, you do. <laughs> Nobody does a job for anything but money because if it wasn't, if, 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 if you no, weren't getting paid to go to your job, you wouldn't go to your job. I don't care what you do for a living. You wouldn't do it. You no, would not it, go. Right. Chrissy, it just, we, we love our job. But if you weren't getting paid, right. you I don't would not, love my job you enough to be an accountant if you didn't See, get that's paid, the right? difference. Right. Uh, right. This, yeah, is, so this is what's interesting about makers, right? Makers, you know, I, I forgot who said it, but they asked the question. I think it was it might have been in the book, The War of Art, um, where he said if if oh, no, no, it was Craftsman's Legacy. He asked the question in the book and it was such a powerful question because it's something that really makes a maker or an artist have their moment of reckoning. If if social media went away and nobody cared what you made and you were the last person on earth and you couldn't share your stuff with anybody, would you still make? Absolutely. And I feel like my answer is yes. I mean, I love doing it as a business, but I also love doing it. Like if I oh, make yeah. nothing doing it, I'd still do it. And I know there are a lot of people who don't feel that way. And, 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 that's not nothing. This nothing bad to say about those people at all. No, it's just a different. I know, I know, I know a lot of people like that, mm -hmm. but I, I also feel bad for those people because it is something. No, there is something so special about exactly what you're saying, Vincent. Is that we make because it like there's we get something out of creation, and and that's not a feeling or that's not a, a feeling or an expression that you can really explain to people no you if can't. you don't get it yeah right the, yep that there's basically there's makers and there's people that understand makers 
And then there's people who just have no clue. They right. don't understand. Like, you know, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, I'm going to be in my shop pretty much all weekend. You're going to be what? Like, oh, I'm so sorry that you have to work in your shop my father, all weekend. I mean, my father was one of the best carpenters I've ever seen. Like he could hang with some of the people that we watch on YouTube. I have no doubt in my mind that if YouTube was bigger and my dad was healthy when YouTube really clicked, you know, really started clicking. Jimmy, my dad would be a Jimmy Duresta type guy. He just would be. He was that good at what he did. He would. I would. I would probably not be making anything. I'd just be filming him. Like I would just be like, Dad, you go to the shop. I'll take the camera. You just do what you're gonna do. I'm gonna make videos out of it, and we're gonna make a lot of money doing. It. <laughs> you know, and I just don't. I yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Wow. We got deep. We got deep on the in the the post post after uh, post uh, post. Yeah, really. For everyone that checks out at the halftime show because they don't want to hear the ads, boy, you missed a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So we had, as usual. So we're going to do the video of the week, and as usual, as usual, it's like sometimes someone comes along and they just break the internet for everyone. (laughs) And this week's video of the week. Like I saw it and I was like, oh God, we're going to have to make this. I didn't even watch it. And I'm like, oh boy. It's it. Yeah. And so Mark Rober, I know everybody's going, oh God. Yeah, I know. Mark Rober, right? Mark Rober made a video called the world's largest devil's he, toothpaste explosion. He's, he is who he is because he's who he is. Like, yeah. you yeah. know, he does what he does. So there are certain parts of him. I'm not going to lie. There are certain parts of him that find my they find my nerve (laughs) and they just tweak it like a guitar right right like there's certain things he'll do or say or feel like he needs to like clarify that like dude you don't need to clarify it's fine really we're we're okay (laughs) but i understand why he does it because 6.8 million people have watched this video so far so guaranteed his comments are probably a cesspool of awfulness to some extent but this video so a kid who was like one of Mark's biggest fans was had a really crazy rare brain cancer <laughs> and his mom got in touch with Mark and was like, they tried, they arranged something really special. So Mark was going to give this kid the greatest birthday party ever. And they were going to set a Guinness world record. That was what they set out to do. The world's largest elephant toothpaste. It's like, okay, cool. But then it like, as he was doing, he's like, we need to make this just over the top and ridiculous. Right. And he cranked it as spinal tap said, he cranked it up to 11 and just went absolutely bonkers. They did elephant toothpaste. They did devil's toothpaste, which I had never seen until this. They did, um, they did a giant bubble pit and they did, um, a tornado, a fire tornado all with this kid and the kid who was obsessed with Tesla got to ride in a Tesla on this, on this vineyard in this vineyard where Mark was able to just take the kid for the greatest ride ever. Ride of his life. Right. And it was like, now look, I'm not going to lie. And I'm just going to get it out there as someone who has been through cancer. There were moments in that were like, I'm sure, man, I'm not crying. You're crying. I'm not crying. You're <laughs> crying. You know? But like, it was just such a, yeah. okay. The build is incredible and whatever, but just the amount of just the, the feels it was right. just feels start to finish with this video. It was wonderful. Absolutely well, wonderful. I think I think there's things that there's videos and these types of situations where people where it feels it feels forced. It feels like mm-hmm. they're doing it for for the 
for the cause, right? Like yep. or something. And and this didn't have that feel. And it's just everything about it was, yeah, the feels, like you said, Rinsen, it just it, every every part of it was amazing, spectacular, and 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 it, exactly what it should be. Right. There was one part in the video toward the end where he was doing, there was a montage, a B-roll montage going with um, a bunch of the people that worked at this vineyard. And at one point, Mark said, you know, we may not vote the same. I may not agree with everything these people say or do, but we all just put that aside and we all came together to help this, to do something really special for this kid. And at first I'm like, why did you have to say that? Like, why? Why did you have to? But then I thought about it and I'm like, actually... Right now, at this point in our country, right. that's not that's a bad thing exactly to hear. Exactly the right. It's not thing a to bad say. thing to hear. It's like yeah. you know, uh, yeah, I don't vote the way these guys. We know clearly who he would vote for. We know clearly who rural California will vote for. We kind of right. know. We know what he's saying, right? But stop looking at what he's saying and look at what it means, right? Right. right. What's the and, meaning behind and, it? And it's like it, it does hit you. It's like you know, you you turn right. on the TV at any moment on any channel, and you could see just a pile of crap and division and horrible people people being horrible to each other and mm-hmm. slinging mud and hating each other. And especially now, because in the U.S., it's an election year, which means the slinging of crap is at a fever pitch and it's not even October yet, which means we have a month and a half more of this garbage to put up with. And, you know, you watch something like that and you go, Mark, you really didn't have to make this political, but in a way it's only political if you don't listen to what he said, right? Right. It's political. It's It's not, I mean, it's not political. political. I mean, not the meaning, right? right? The meaning is, it doesn't matter. Right. The meaning is apolitical. Yes. Right. And and mm-hmm. and that was, you know, in my initial gut reaction, because I am averse to politics right now. Like if I see anything remotely political, I tune it out. I don't mm-hmm. want to hear it. I don't want to see it. I don't follow politics. I don't, I don't read about it. I don't, none of it. I, I finally gotten to the point in my life where after 20 some odd years of stressing myself out over things I can't change, I stopped watching and listening and paying attention to it. And I realized that every little bit of it now triggers me. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. right. you know, like I get that, that te- I feel myself tensing up now where I didn't but, used but to see, care. But see, this video did the exact opposite, right? And that's exactly what yeah. I was going to say. You know, yeah. at the end of this video where it started, it sounded like it may be a political message coming and I started to tense up. And I was like, no, that's actually a really beautiful message. It's exactly what it shouldn't be like. Yeah. And it was, it was great just seeing this kid who's had a really crap couple of years, just have the greatest day ever. Ever. (laughs) Like, like, I mean, oh, everything about that video just hits you. I know that sometimes YouTube guys will go for the feels and you know, you can always tell Ethan, you're hundred percent right. You can tell when it's forced or when it's not genuine. This really did feel like, like truly genuine, and Just even if a he good did, deed, even if he didn't feel that way, the message felt that way, yep. right? Like it came so, off that way. So right, exactly. if you lied, you're the greatest liar, yeah, liar ever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, yeah. that was fantastic. So, what was your uh, Christy? What was your uh, your moment? You everybody, I know. I mean, I could tell you my moment was that moment where at the end where he's you know talking about how people voted. That was my moment of the video where it just really hit me that I really need to stop and just relax like just breathe what was your what was your moment in that video the part that got you well for me it was from 
like from the beginning on, even when they started the story showing him with his, the little boy with, with all his hair. Mm-hmm. Cause my girls, mm-hmm. you know, they're adults now, but they got big old mops of hair. I don't know where they got it from. <laughs> but you know what I mean? And then seeing that, you know, then seeing him completely bald and, and just, you know, that process and, you know, talking about, you know, whether it's forced or whatever, the expressions on his right. face. Authentic, right? Oh my gosh. So authentic. And for me, things that make me cry are not sad, weepy movies, the chick flicks. That is not. No. <laughs> Here's what I'm, I'm, I'm stunned. I mean, you could end the episode right now. That's that's the, the, that's notebook. the stunning uh, We're, yeah. we're going to yeah. watch a notebook right now. Christy. <laughs> what gets me is the proud moments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On how my my girls make fun of me because of it, but on how to train your dragon, at the the very first one, we're in the theater and the the adults get caught up, and the kids have to release the dragons and ride them to go save the day. That proud moment, I literally am sitting in the theater with them, boo, proud. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that proud moment, the commercial, you know, the military person that's away in the family back home, that that's what gets me. So from the very beginning, when he was doing this for the little boy and so much time and energy and testing, he did so much. Oh, my gosh. So it was the whole thing. I was just like, yeah, it was a whole thing. What about what about you, Ethan? What hit you on that one? I don't know. I it, I've said it before. I just it, the just the it, it gave me the feels. I I don't <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I, it it was really really special. Just watching the whole thing and just I think I that's know. what it, I think that's what it is. Like it's it's almost I don't know. We're just not used to seeing things that are just nice, right? <laughs> like, right. That that are genuinely yeah. Like good things for good people. We're, we're so jaded. Right. And I exactly. Mean, well, exactly. We're yeah. so jaded that we're expecting something that like, can't be good. Like even or, even I'm watching it, and even the, the 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 voting thing, it's like, oh, there it is. You know, I can't even watch it and just go, oh, all right, he's kind of saying something. No, my first reaction right. is my is a negative one. It's like, wow, right. I really have to tamp this down. Like I'm not right. trying to be this way. It's just, right. it just. Like it comes out, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The the feels. I really do feel like it is. That's exactly what it is. It's the feels. You know, but. with this with the squirrel video he did a couple of months ago, it was just the laughs. Like I love that video because it made me crack up. And I do like that Fat Gus made a return at the beginning of this one. That was that really made me laugh. But it was a great video. It was. Yeah. And the other thing that gets me about him, and this is why he's a bastard. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, he's a bastard. That video was a half hour long. I know. And at the end of it, I was like, that's it? It's over? What? Like, what? what? Could, could, could we? we could have made that another half hour. I would have watched a one-hour, uninterrupted <laughs> version of that video. Like, he's just fantastic. Yeah. He's a really good video maker. He's got a great personality. He's he's smart as hell. Yeah. It's just, I don't, I don't, I, I feel like if you want to be on YouTube, look at what Mark Rober's doing and just right. copy it. Like, just, just copy it. Just try uh, well yeah exactly that that would be my problem is i try and it would like fall 
Yeah. Oh, oh God. And, yeah. You, you, I mean, I've cried 52 times on this podcast. Do you think I could do what he just did there and not be like, <laughs> I love that this kid is so good. I'm going to make a kiss for record. No, it's just like me bawling my eyes out. I don't even. I'm I'm amazed. I'm not even going to lie. I'm amazed that he he was able to keep his composure the right. way he did. But I just think the whole story was great. I, yeah, it was beautiful. I, it was a really good video. So I messaged Ethan last night. Uh, let me see. The exact message I sent him was um well mark rober just ruined video of the week for everyone else and he wrote ha 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 insane right yeah no i, cool. I wrote back i was like absolutely not that's the worst <laughs> message ever no this video is crap crap <laughs> it's absolute garbage <laughs> so yeah so that's that's our video, <clears throat> video of the week. week yeah easy one it was probably one of the easier i mean we always say it's easy because ethan and i share a brain um, <laughs> Which is weird because on the screen layout I'm looking at right now, I'm on the left, Ethan's on the right, and Christy's in the middle. So sharing the brain means we're sharing it through Christy, which is really, really messy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Uh, Christy, we always let guests go first with uh, Thing of the Week. week. So why don't you lay your Thing of the Week upon us? My Thing of the Week is uh, my peak safety what I refer to as my astronaut helmet, but it's a respirator (laughs) and it is, I've had a really tough year with my sinuses in particular to the point that I potentially will be having surgery in the next month or so. Mm. Oh shit! I've yeah. I've replaced carpets in my house. I've done everything under the sun and have spent a fortune trying to deal with my sinus issue. And the one thing I wanted to do in the shop was to make sure the shop wasn't causing me to have problems. Right. So um, Paul Jackman on his videos, he uses the peak safety respirator and he of course had a coupon code. So I used that and I ordered it. And what kind of frustrates me is last fall um, in December, I looked at them and I'm like, they're kind of expensive. Um, Well, now they're really expensive. They've gone up quite quite a bit in price. However, it is still for me, my sinuses, my lungs worth it. It's absolutely worth it. And I have seen a couple people post within the last few weeks on Instagram that they have them too. And the other thing that I didn't really think about when I ordered it, but it's a shield too, which oh, really? I've had a few things like <laughs> come at me. So I've been like, that was an unexpected, <clears throat> but quite positive thing um to use Added it benefit yeah yeah so especially i haven't done any turning in quite a while which is something i want to get back to um but this will work fantastic for that um just because i'll even even w- with dust collection in the shop or whatever this thing is a whole nother ball game it blows air down in front of your face um and just and then filters everything out and it's just it really, really is a game changer. What I want expensive? one. What is expensive? $485. That's not bad. I mean, if you think about it, right? Like $485, right. Right. you're not it's, buying. It's, it's a lot of money, but it, what do yeah. you, like, what do you put value on? Right. Right. I mean, exactly. and again, I have, I'm someone with asthma and really bad respiratory stuff. So yeah. Yeah. That's not, that's not bad for no. even at 485. I would, you know. Actually, I thought it would be more than that. I was expecting like yeah. seven hundred. So at four eighty-five, I'm like, I, I was hmm. expecting a thousand to be honest. I can, I the can ones, that. the ones with the hose, the air hose that have like a 
backpack kind like of thing. Like the one that Alex Steele has, the one that goes on yes. the belt. Yeah. Like yes. the, um, those are those are three, closer to that higher price. 3M makes that one, I think. Um uh what's the movie? Aliens where Yes. Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> you need a face sucker, Ethan? Yeah, face sucker. <laughs> what's really funny is we've already taken so we're just so everyone knows what's going on. We're actually recording this using um YouTube. So we are like looking at each other and it's a really weird sensation. Like we it can is. make hand gestures to each other and like, wow, I forget that you can actually see me. Yeah. And put my finger up my nose. Okay. <laughs> that's an awesome that's an awesome no, one. I that think, is awesome. I actually I don't, really you, do want one of those. I didn't realize how crap my dust collection was oh until my, um, yeah. until I well, let's just say I forgot to hook up. I, I'm not gonna say I intentionally didn't. I actually didn't intentionally do it. I forgot to plug my hose from my dust collector into my table saw and i turned on my table saw and cut <laughs> paduke if you've ever worked with paduke mm. you know it ain't a pretty sight there's an mm. it looks like cheeto bag a cheeto bag exploded in my in my shop and why do i say why is that a big deal well normally i do have that in normally my shop is relatively dust free but what it made me realize was that for a long time i had no dust collection none none at right. all and it was like whoa this was what was floating around like now i can right. really see it you know and it's like ooh, that's not good like that's <clears throat> not good i need to i do need to do something maybe that's the answer maybe something like that and just walk around like a spaceman because yeah why the hell not <laughs> and you look off and you i look could see super like super cool all the dust that is on and i i clean them off kind of regular i need to order new replacements for the actual filters but I see on the outside of the filter the dust that's collecting there, and I'm like, "Whew, glad that's not going I, inside." I me. do that with when I go when I'm doing a lot of sanding inside. Like if I'm not do, if I'm doing a couple of p if I'm doing it quickly, I don't. I'm not gonna lie, I don't put it. No, I don't right, put it. Right. If I'm gonna be down there like a long sanding session, on goes the RZ mask, mm -hmm. and you change those filters, you realize why you wear the RZ mask. It's mm -hmm. really obvious, really quickly. Why you wear that mask? So, yep, awesome. That is a that's a good one. That's a good yeah, one. We'll have a definitely. link to it in the show notes because, yeah, I think it's something we should probably take a little more seriously. Yeah, we all should, it. right? Um, I'm gonna go next just because Ethan's pick is better than mine, so I'm gonna go next. Mm -hmm. Um, my pick is actually a paint, which is weird because I've had this jar for a really long time, and this weekend I did a project with it, and the project. Uh, to say it turned out awesome, I'm not blowing my own horn here. It's <laughs> freaking awesome. I am proud as hell that I cranked this thing out. And Nomad? The, yes, that. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Um, sorry. That, sorry. No, it's fine. No, they don't. He doesn't listen, um, <laughs> which is ironic. Um, but yeah, so I use this paint. It's by Deco Art, which means you can get it at Michael's. It's called Americana, Americana Decor Satin Enamel. Okay, it's right. I brought the jar up so I can have it on camera, which this stuff is the best paint I've ever used in my life. Really? It, it is amazing. Wait, so where did you get it? I got it at Michael's. Oh, really? Um, I got it at Michael's um, like at the end of 2017 because I was making a picture frame for my mom and I needed to, I wanted to, I, I don't like oak. Yeah. Like red oak. Not, not, I've never worked with white oak, but I don't like red oak. I think red oak sucks. Yep. Right. But the one thing that red oak does really well it looks really good when you paint it black. I don't know mm -hmm. why that is, but when you paint red oak black, it's 
gorgeous. Like it is the best wood ever. Really? So, oh, dude, trust me when hmm. I tell you, there is nothing better to do with red oak because red oak looks like garbage. But red oak with this on it, oh, it's Fancy. money in the bank, dude. It's money <laughs> in the bank. So good. So this stuff goes on. You probably could, if you stir it well enough, you could get by with one coat. Like that's how thick it goes on. It goes huh. on super thick. It is black, black, like not like washed out black, not gray, black, like deep, deep black. And the pigment, there's a lot of pigment in this paint. It's really meant for single coats. That's it's awesome. just unbelievable. And it's, it's, I think it was like $9 for this little can. I mean, it's not cheap, but right. I, what I like about it is as thick and as pigmented as it is, it still lets the grain of the wood come through. And if you're going to paint uh, again, Oak is good because you can actually see the grain on Oak. Right. The pores when are you, so big. Yeah. 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 When you paint this onto it, you end up with a black wood that you can see the grain of. It's just, it. it's a killer look. And this stuff, I would highly recommend it. Highly, highly, highly recommend it. Very so. cool. That's my thing of the week. Americana decor satin enamel paint by Deco Art. This is the this is classic black, which cool. And it the one thing I don't like about it, which I could get over because I'm going to end up putting a sealer on the top anyway. It is matte matte. It's yeah. so satin. It is not satin. It is matte. Like yeah, it's dull, flat, flat, no sheen whatsoever. Black. But well, and if if that's the project, then that's fine. But and yeah. you, you, most people, if you're going to look for something that black, you're probably going to put something over the top of it. Anyway. Yeah, right, exactly. It's, but this, I, I swear, I, I will. If I ever need black paint, I will never spray paint again. I, I forgot I had this stuff, and then I was looking for something to paint that piece black before I engraved it. I was like, well, I have this stuff. It worked pretty well. It worked pretty well in the past. And one coat I was like, oh wow, really, really good. So yeah. Awesome. That's my thing of the week. A jar of paint. <laughs> <laughs> Ethan, my friend. All right. I'll, I'll go quick. Uh so my thing of the week comes from Austin of high caliber craftsman craftsman? Craftsman. High caliber craftsman. He's going to get yes. a spelled head if we keep mentioning. I know. Him. I feel like we've talked about him a lot, but <laughs> but he made uh, a leather mall. But for, to me, it's a leather mallet. Um, right. He made a leather mallet with a so the handle of this thing is leather, uh, like stacks and stacks of pieces of leather that he glued together and then uh, carved on the lathe to make a beautiful handle and it's unbelievable. Like I'm obsessed with, with the look of it and I know that the feel would be amazing. So I'm, I, I'm totally going to get one somehow, some way, uh, <laughs> but he made it and it's amazing. And he had a, a YouTube video that he put out this week, which was great, but he also made, so on mallets, they have this nut on top. And he was going to buy it. And then everyone in the discord gave him a ton of crap. Sure did. Yep. And because I said that one of the things I'd like about his videos and his projects is that he makes everything himself and he did not make that first one himself, but now he made his first one, this one himself. So uh, yeah. Anyways, check him out. It was an awesome video. Awesome project. Awesome. Yeah. So I want one and yeah, something, check them out. You know something you've been told you can do. 
that no one ever does, and that's he used a roundover bit to round yes. over the top of the acorn nut, which blows my mind. Like I keep forgetting that carbide is tight is strong yeah. than brass. Right. You know, something we know. We know this. We know it's um somebody else did something this weekend where they were cutting aluminum angle on a miter saw with a wood blade. And I'm like, and I'm like, Oh no, wait, you know, you can do that. That's okay. That's okay. You can do that. Right. I forget, you know, and it was one of those, I could, I forget you could do that, but it looks really cool when you do it moments. So yeah, <laughs> he's, 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 yeah, the he's awesome. That's twice in a two weeks in a row. He's going to become the new Bruce. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, just wanted, I just wanted to be noted. I did not mention that other person who I mentioned. I mentioned him in passing. Indirectly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wink. Yeah, wink, wink. All right, that's going to do it for this week, Christy. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank for you, Christy. Thanks for having me. It's a great uh, time. It, it's it's fun. It's fun when we actually get to talk. I like that we get to talk right. on makers on Zoom. Um, we chat in the Discord pretty much all the time, but it's it's really cool to just actually have a conversation with you because you know I feel like we're uh, I feel like we understand each other. Yeah, <laughs> I think we do cool. too. Yep, good time. <laughs> um, where can people find you in the vast? vast interweb uh that would be twisted twine woodworking both on instagram and youtube i've got about six or eight videos out now i think cool but awesome. yeah twisted twine woodworking go follow go follow christy like seriously go follow christy. seriously if you're not following christy what are you even doing with your life go follow christy she's a good, <laughs> she's a good friend of mine so i like to stick up for the good my good friends and and I actually call a lot of people my good friends, but Christy actually is a good friend of mine, <laughs> which is kind of cool. So when I say it, I'm not just saying it because they're nice people. She's actually <laughs> a good friend of mine. So yeah. definitely check out her stuff. She's um, She's got a style that is unique and interesting. And well, like we talked about it, everything has a story and she tells the story wonderfully. So we enjoy Thank your you. stuff and it was a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And uh, we'll be back again next week. We actually got a review this week, but we don't read reviews when we have guests. And we actually have a guest for next week, too. So if you guys punched out because you were tired of hearing just Ethan and I, come back. We have guests. <laughs> we, have, <laughs> we have at least one more coming, and I think we have a couple more I've been working. Yeah. Ethan and I have been working feverishly to get more guests because we're worried that the podcast is going to crash if it's just he and I, which that's a valid assumption because <laughs> – we're not that interesting. People come to hear who we're talking to. We're just going to have to get used to it. But until we get used to it, we'll be back next week. Have a good one, everybody. Bye.